Hello, party people, and welcome back to episode two of Disrupt What Disrupt You. I am your host, Lachey Mathis. I am Dr. York. Dr. York and I are going to be diving in today talking about how Gen Z is disrupting higher education, um, how millennials are disrupting higher education as well, and some professional development tips. So we're just going to dive right into it today. Um, so let's first go ahead and just talk about last week, some of you reached out that you thought that the making TikTok dances for syllabus week was like a really funny idea, but you're like, I don't know how it would go over. Totally fair. I get that. Um, so I want to talk to you today, Dr. York, about how do you think we need to adapt to Gen Z? Yeah. Is it that we, because as we know, like history shows us the coolest people in the world are the youngest generation, like that are teenagers and celebrities, right? So whatever, like whenever rock and roll music was cool by celebrities and rock and roll artists, it was cool with like teenagers. Right now, TikTok, Gen Z, social media. So now everybody else is like, let me also do that. Um, so do we expect everybody else to, you know, do what Gen Z is doing to be cool and be on point? Or do we expect Gen Z to level up? What do you think? Yeah, I think in higher ed, universities, colleges, we're in a unique situation. We're in a unique situation, unlike Pepsi or anything. The worst way to go is whatever you enjoy. Whatever you enjoy is not the right answer. <laughs> okay. uh, I think you fall into two categories. I think one, I'm going to say a dirty word. I'm going to, Lachey, it's a dirty word for higher ed. Oh, no. And we're business. We got to yes. be honest with ourselves. We are business. Ooh, yes. Right? Uh, that's a dirty word. <laughs> but when we think that way, then... If we say the students are in some ways a customer, I'm not saying 100%, but in some ways that way, we have to communicate how they communicate, right? Yeah. If we're trying to tell them about events or market something to them, we have to be on the platforms they're natively on. Right. At the same time, we're training them to be professionals, right? We yes. want them to be ready. We, you're not going to have TikTok videos via email at Edward Jones. So right. we also need to be training them to communicate effectively in those careers after they leave Maryville. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think, I think it's interesting to see how we as professors um, and staff and faculty show up and show that for students. So within your first year as a student, it's like you have your, your own views from like your high school and how your high school communicated with you. And like, I, I know colleges, like for when Snapchat first got cool, colleges were Snapchatting students, you were accepted to XYZ University. We can't wait to have you. Um, but like Snapchatting a student now to tell them they were into a university, like that wouldn't be as cool now. Um, I think my, what I want to make sure that I'm doing as a life coach and with per personal and professional development for students is I wanna make sure that they still know how to send a professional email. And so, although I wanna TikTok dance everywhere, I don't really wanna TikTok dance everywhere. I just kinda <laughs> wanna TikTok dance everywhere. I think it's my, it's my, my job to be making sure that they are communicating professionally, but what are, like, at what point are we like, okay, they're Gen Z, we get it. Like, they don't want to do that. But like, at what point are we like, we have to make them uncomfortable and make them do it, mm -hmm. especially while we're in a pandemic, yeah. right? We're coming up on a year anniversary of being in the pandemic. And it's like, grant them some grace, grant them some grace. Absolutely. But where do we also say, hey, let's make you a little uncomfortable to grow and develop. What is the expectation there? Yeah. And I think we have to realize that Gen Z, that's, that group sees college in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. Before it's kind of this gray zone of it was learning and it was uh, what are you paying for? Gen Z at the, at a grain scale sees it as a transactional <laughs> agreement. 
It is yeah. going to the mall and buying something. That's how they generally see universities. So mm-hmm. if they're coming to us and at the most cases, they're buying basically their fast track of a career then we have to say, hey, if this is what you want, we want to help you get to that career, those professional goals. What you said is exactly right. You got to be able to email effectively just because you text message with your friends. Guess right. what? At Mercy Hospital, they expect email. So I love what you're saying is we got to fight through that and say, remember why you're here, right? right. You're here for this career. These are the things you got to get used to. So what are some things that you're doing in the classroom we know that you are very quick with technology and very quick to like, I know for Zoom, I know you like do like a, a number system in the chat, but what are some things that you think that you do that aren't like, hey, this is boring. We're going to learn to do this skill day. Like how do you weave that in, but make it educational, but also I guess live in a space of innovation as well. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best things, I mean, what you're talking about of career wise, I literally, I run my class like a business. So Mm. we work in like a business environment, but a safe, an easy place to fail, right? So I'm not just throwing you out there. You're still in a learning environment, so you can fail Mm -hmm. safe in the classroom. But the expectations are that of when you go into your career afterward. I feel like that helps a lot. We have brainstorming sessions. We email. There's assignments that don't, the busy work that just live and die in a room. Everything Mm -hmm. happens outside. You can post stuff on LinkedIn to show your accomplishments. Yeah, I think that um, students really get into that of saying, okay, I did this assignment. But now it's part of my brand on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I did this thing of showing off. I think that really hits with Gen Z. Yeah. And I think about, um, I had a professor or even maybe even the president of the university that I went to, I don't even remember who said it, but somebody said like, you know, it's our job to push you to the edge, but not let you fall off. And I feel like I have to remember that um, all the time whenever it comes to working with students, because I want to big push them, of course, but I don't want to push them too much. And so you were talking about this branding do you think that we should be, so as a dancer, part of your like job and learning when you're in school is like, what does your headshot and your resume look like? Right. So obviously we teach you what the resume should look like, but like even talking about like their LinkedIn headshot, like, is that something that you believe we should be covering in class? Should we have brand photos that somebody comes in and takes for me as part of my class requirement? What do you think? Lachey, any program, not just in university, any program who is not preparing their students for resumes, for negotiating their salaries, for networking, for LinkedIn Mm -hmm. is literally doing a disservice to that Mm -hmm. student. It doesn't matter what your program, what your major is. You're going to have a career after this. You're going to be going out in the workforce. You are doing a disservice. Absolutely. You have to do it. It's no longer, uh, oh, career services will do that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure somebody is in doing that somewhere. No, if Mm -hmm. they're a major in your program, you take that responsibility. What are you going to do throughout your program to support students this way so they can come out to brand themselves effectively? No, I think that's great. And I think that is a good segue into thinking about what are some other ways that higher education can be updating and changing? Because I don't know that a lot of, like my, my friends that were in other majors, I double majored in corporate communications and dance. And my corporate communications, we didn't talk about like who Lachey Mathis is as a brand. Now we know who she is. She's spunky. She's loud. She's here to speak at events. She's here to like shake things up and disrupt, but. Yes, queen. (laughs) Yes, queen. So (laughs) we know that, but like, so when you think about innovating in higher education, um, what are some other ways that you think we need to move in order to stay on top of the curve and not be left behind? 
Man, I met Lachey. There's so many. <laughs> there's so many. That's <laughs> okay, why well, let's we have like zone it in today. Yes, yeah, that is why we have this podcast. That's why I love we have this podcast. <laughs> Here's the big one: the move now or get run the f over. <laughs> right, that's the, the edited version of, of disrupt you. Hey, we got to get moving on these changing the idea of time. Mm-hmm. college does isn't four years anymore. Like it used to be like, oh, you went to high school, then you went to bachelor's for four years, then you did this. Mm-hmm. That's outdated. That is yes. outdated. And being in this perimeter of time is mm-hmm. completely has to be remodeled. And some of that doesn't even mean a bachelor's degree. Some of that is certificates and micro-credentialing and changing what it is. Lachey, here's the um, unpopular thing to say. Oh, you are all about the unpopular things. Like, I think today's episode should be like titled Unpopular um, Hot Takes from Dustin York. Hot take. U.S. is a caste system. We don't like to okay. say that. It okay. is a caste system. Whatever proven education you can show on your resume, what's proven education on your LinkedIn. And that's not always, hey, a bachelor's degree in this. And then 30 mm-hmm. years later, you're still riding on those coattails. Like you have to constantly be updating those things. Google Analytics is a yeah. form of a certificate, right? Mm-hmm. So colleges, universities have to rethink how can we, we credential our students on a regular basis, right? Not yeah. just four years and done. What do you like, Lachey, how do you feel about this? Let me pitch you on this. What uh, if we, go. we did it like we are the most ex- universities, right? Mm-hmm. are the most expensive Netflix in the world. If you're going okay. online, right? You're behind right. Your, your computer. We're the most expensive Netflix by far there ever mm-hmm. is. Let's just make it a subscription model. Let's mm-hmm. make higher ed a subscription model. So when you can work toward a bachelor's degree, maybe you're working toward a micro-credential, maybe you say you need to figure out how to make a, a living will for your family. Mm. Your subscription to right. your university can go in how to make a will. Mm-hmm. Instead of making watching YouTube videos on people that may or may not know what they're talking about, these are lawyers, right? right? That's, would you do that? Um, okay, so yes and no. So yes, I think I could get down. There's a definitely some skills. Every year on tax season, my favorite thing to see is the meme that is like, so glad I learned about the Pythagorean theory and I didn't learn about how to do my taxes. Every year it never fails. I'm like, share, 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 retweet. I feel that, but- so I feel like I wish that maybe they were mixed. So I think that like, I, I like the, like, you're right. Like knowing how to make like a living will, knowing how to do your taxes or even other like adult things. Like every year you host an adult 101 um, session. I've also started hosting them because there are so many pieces like, and we'll talk about this later, but like when you graduate, it's kind of like, what do, what do I do? And so having those pieces, I think, like you said, that would help you maybe transition a little bit easier. Um, I think would be super beneficial. I would also like to see maybe final exams and this can't go for all majors, right? Like I'm not a biology person, so I can't speak to like the anatomy and physiology department, but, um, but like seeing final exams possibly be getting a certification that you can put on your LinkedIn and filling out that process instead of maybe doing a comprehensive exam. If, if it's not something that is like, you know, like, I don't know, every career field is different, but I think there's an opportunity, especially in the communication platforms and things like that. And, you know, working in public relations or higher education or psychology or things like that, other certifications that you could get, I would like to see something like that because then it's like, it's something you can do, see, you can talk about as opposed to maybe how do you talk about a comprehensive final exam that you took? Again, that can't be applied to all majors, but I think to some. 
And that's what we talked about is that's branding yourself, right? Mm -hmm. When you apply to something in Wyoming, they don't know how up to date your program was. Were they teaching things in the past? What's going on? That's also an issue in higher ed, keeping me accountable for updated Mm -hmm. information. If you have a certificate from a third-party organization, that proves you're up to date on your information. It's not a Dr. York exam and who knows how up to date Dr. York is. I love that. It's a way to brand yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. I really, I really think that is a good opportunity. And um, obviously I don't know what that looks like for the sciences. Like, I don't know how, I, I don't know if you like go into a lab and you guys like do a cert- certification or something. Um, but I think especially to see how we move, cause I would love to be like, the fall is going to be the same. Everyone's coming back to school the same way. I don't know that that's going to happen yet. It might not happen till fall 22. Um, but I think we can continue to get creative and figuring out like, how do we continue to serve students? Cause like some of those certifications are free. They just take hours to complete, but they're worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's absolutely a, a great, great takeaway. And one uh, last Eddie, thing. Go ahead. Yeah. One last thing. I mean, when we talk about these search, even when we talk, think of students, mm-hmm. we have to change. I mean, just data points in the United States. We have to change our idea of who that student is because statistically it's not the 18 year old <laughs> moving yeah. forward. We have a lot less 18 year olds by 2025. That number is real low because now we're going back to the recession, 2008, 2009 recession, a lot of less right. babies during those years. Right. right. So sure we're looking is. at micro credentials for adults and increasing that population dramatically. Yeah. I'm um, in grad school right now. And somebody was talking about how they work at a job where they have just a team of people from all different generations. They have baby boomers that still work there. They have millennials. They have like whatever's in between millennials and maybe Gen Xers, I think, and Gen Z. Um, And just how, how different it has been like communicating with everybody, especially through the pandemic, because some people are just like, oh, like I've lived through worse things than this. Like, and some people are like, this is the worst thing of my life. And so it's been really interesting to, to see and think about um, and thinking about, you know, Gen Z and the way they communicate and getting these credentials and a subscription model. I think for me today, I'd like to talk about professional development wise of connecting with people at your job. Um, I was meeting with, um, I was, I was talking to one of my friend's sisters. She's like in her like early twenties. And she was like, yeah, I don't talk to anybody at my job. And I was like, I get all. And she's like, no, I don't, I don't want to talk to them. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but for me, I've lived through situations where because I put myself out there to talk to people, I was able to get things done. Like one time I made a big mistake with a student scholarship when I first started working, but because I had made a connection with the scholarship office and I like went down there myself face-to-face and I was like, I made this mistake. Do we have any opportunities? They were able to work something out and we figured it out. But, and even when I left there, they were like, I've worked here for 15 years and nobody has ever come down here to like own their mistake like that. And also like ask for help face-to-face. And I was like, what, that's how you handle everything. So let's like dive into professional development. Like how, like maybe you're not a people person, that's fine. But how do you establish relationships at work, whether that be via Zoom right now or be, via face-to-face? What are your, your hot tips and takeaways on that? Yeah, I think as, I mean, as individuals, it's, it's tough because I mean, if you live in the extrovert bubble, right, mm-hmm. Lachey, you are an extrovert. It is not me. Never. It is easy <laughs> for you to do that. Right. But I'm sure a majority of people who actually listen to like, even this podcast don't fall in that category that say, right. I can't do what Lachey did. Right. I, it's uncomfortable for me to do this. And that's why I think yeah. it's up to the organization to support employees to get to know each other. 
right? It takes mm-hmm. the university to say, hey, we want Lachey to know people because you know that student and that situation came out best because you did that. And how mm-hmm. many times did someone not make those connections and the student was, was uh, had a negative connotation because of that, right? Yeah. That's what I think every organization, every college, every university has to think about is how do we get people connected? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, one, it's, it's morale, right? Yeah. The, the morale is higher if you get to know individuals. It's a retention play. Mm-hmm. See, like that, I, I don't know about you, but I hear all the time people say, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm looking to apply somewhere else yes. because of money. Yeah, people mm-hmm. always say, I want to get paid more somewhere else. That is rarely someone's number one reason, right? They right. always say it is. It never right. is, though. It's like, I want to go where I'm valued. I want to go where I enjoy yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah, especially millennials. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it comes down to is that how can that organization, that university help staff, employees, faculty talk to one another so they mm-hmm. can get to know one another? Ideas come from that. Innovation comes from that. I've never had yeah. an idea ever that was just me alone in a silo right? This podcast, right. we don't work together. Right. No, nope. <laughs> right. We, we made this thing. So I think yep. the, I mean, the bucket at the end of the golden, like the fix to this is communi- internal communication. Yeah. No, so I millennials specifically yeah. internal. How does that make you feel? When I even say internal communication, how does it make you feel as a millennial employee? As a millennial employee, it makes me feel awesome. Um, yes, because I'm an extrovert, but also I even think about my onboard onboarding process when I came to Maryville. I didn't even know what to expect. Um, and when I started, every person on my team put a 30-minute calendar or 30-minute meeting on my calendar for the first month, like at, at different times. We had like a team of 15 people. So that can be a lot in one week. So it might be like three this week, two this week. And at first I didn't realize what they were. I was like, cause they didn't say anything. It was like meeting with Kristen. And I was like, okay. And it was just a get to know you session. It would, we would go a walk around campus together. Um, one person I had lunch whenever we could like, you know, we'd have lunch out and about one person I had coffee, one person and I like went shopping at the M store to get some like new like gear to go to work in. Like, and that was so impactful for me because it was a time that wasn't focused on training. It was a, it was just like, get to know people on your team, see if you have any commonalities. And it also made me feel valued that the older employees, whether they were older in age, remember, I guess veteran employees, Senior, wanted yeah. to also also work with me and get to know me, which was really impactful, but also the onboarding process. Like it was really cool for me to be able to get to know other people at Maryville that started at the same time as me. Mm-hmm. So it was like, we got to do like a, it wasn't an escape room. It was like a breakout box. You'd like solve this thing. And they put people from different departments. So I was with somebody new from admissions and athletics and myself and like maybe one other person, I'm not sure, but we had to do this activity together. So that was like a funny thing we had to do together, but it made me also make connections across campus. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough places do that. I don't think enough places do the proactive steps because like, oh, like you'll get connected. Like you'll just talk to people at a happy hour. But like, what if somebody doesn't drink? Mm-hmm. What if the idea, like if I have to leave work and go somewhere, what if I don't want to do that? Like, what if that scares me or stresses me out? And so I think building things in that, don't revolve around alcohol, always a good, good idea, but also, um, just like, you know, some nice wholesome fun activities that have nothing to do with your job. So people can make those connections. Mm-hmm. You have had more jobs than I have. Um, what have you seen that you've been like, Oh, that really helped people like grow and make connections or like this definitely did not help people. 
Yeah, I think what it comes down to it is supporting those departments with resources and time to do that. Like when yeah. you said with your story, you have a culture in your department to have mm-hmm. these 30-minute meetings. That's not the same everywhere though, no. right? That is, it depends on what department you're on, if you have right. this sort of culture, if not. So it really comes down from top down saying, hey, we have structured things throughout the year that we're going to mm-hmm. send to supervisors of departments, of managers of departments saying, hey, spend an hour this week doing X, Y, or Z. Choose one of these three things, right? Yeah. Here's a budget for, to take your team off campus, to do this kind of thing. Because oh, yeah. it's hard, right? If you're a manager, Lachey, the manager, you've got what? A, the, a million mm-hmm. balls up in the air at any given time. You may not be thinking about internal communication because you have a lot, st- not because you're bad, because you have a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be a department, internal communication to tell Lachey, hey, Lachey, just giving you some ideas for this quarter or this month to engage your, your yeah. employees for it, right? Give us those yeah. tactical things. No, I like that. I mean, obviously I'm getting my master's right now in strategic communication and leadership. And so that is a role that I think is, I've really enjoyed studying and learning more about because I don't think a lot of people think about it. Um, and it just kind of maybe gets pushed aside. So I will say though, from last week's professional development takeaway, it was very beneficial for me to look at January and be like, what did I accomplish this month? Um, and I did tell my boss like, Hey, I'm going to be sending this to you. Um, and she was like, okay, sounds good. And like, she, she wasn't like, that's weird. I was like, okay, she's like, want to keep everyone on the same page. And, I, but I, it was nerve wracking. So I look forward to hearing if our, if our listeners also like dove into that. It's still only the 2nd of February. So you can try it today and be like, okay, I'm going to send it by the end of Wednesday on the 3rd and I'm going to get it out there. And I'm just going to, you know, manifest that it's going to go great and that people are going to be receptive and you're going to do the dang thing. Absolutely. So an introvert, right? It's an email. You can just yes. you can send it an email. It's easy. Yep. Listen to episode one if you don't know what, what Lachey's talking yes. about. Yes. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to go back and listen to episode one, one, disrupt you, one, one. All right. Any other hot tips, hot takeaways you are feeling from today, Dr. Dustin York? Man, I think we're getting a groove. I'm looking forward to next week, some more innovative. We're going to drop some hot takes, maybe see some hot more takes. unpopular things next week. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the theme is not unpopular for every week, you guys, just this one. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming and listening to us today as we talk about disrupting everything. So thank you for joining us here at Disrupt You. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm.